I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshow. Hello and welcome to the Cop Option Podcast. Oh, hello. Uh, Thank you for welcoming me. More specifically, this is oh. Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cop Option oh. Podcast. Uh, and even more specifically, mm. this is our episode on Robert Rodriguez's Mexico trilogy. Um, and even more specifically, yeah. that's, a tri- that's three films. <laughs> El Mariachi from 1992, Desperado from 1995, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico from 2003. All directed by Robert Rodriguez. This whole podcast is just a descending list of more specific things yeah. until you've got the whole picture. Um, yeah. yeah, this is so. This is film franchise fortnights. We watch a, a film franchise every fortnight. Uh, and I'm AJ, and over there is Richard. We're both in our dressing gowns today, which feels like this hasn't happened before. No, this happens that all the time. That we've both been in our dressing yeah, gowns? all the time, all the time. Really? I'm, it's usually one of us, but both of us? No. I don't know, I, I'd man. I'd say this happens more often than not. I don't know. I, well, I, anyway. I'm, I'm often in a different dressing gown. Right. Which, I, I like, uh, the uh, the black one has, like, a um, mm. it has a hood. And the hood has like um grey on the inside of it. Did it get stinky? Why? Because you're wearing a different one, so is it in the wash? Oh no! All oh, right, no, no, no. You don't need you don't need to wash dressing gowns. Yeah. Have you ever washed so, your dressing gown? I I have, but it's always far more annoying because I don't have a dressing gown for a day or two, and I'd rather just live in my filth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so the Mexico trilogy is that what we're calling it? Is that the name of the episode? Uh, that is, yeah, like the the Wikipedia page for it is called the Mexico trilogy, also known as the Desperado trilogy on some released DVD products. I mean, I would probably sooner call it the El Mariachi trilogy than the Desperado trilogy. It feels like the the El Mariachi trilogy is is a fine title for the whole thing. Because he is El Mariachi, that's the main that's character's, the character's name. name. Um, and so that's that's what I would have assumed. And this is one of those rare franchises where it, it feels like it doesn't really have a name. And maybe that's because it doesn't really feel like connected movies in so much as just more three movies starring sometimes the same people playing the same people. And well, sometimes the same people playing different people. Does it remind you of any other franchises like that? It does. It reminds me of um three other franchises that we've covered. Okay. 
Okay, this feels like this. This feels like it belongs in some kind of categorization, some kind of Google sheet, <laughs> and it's they're all color coded blue or something. Yeah. And those other three franchises would be Mad Max, The Evil yeah. Dead, and uh, The Man with No Name. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. Man with No Name trilogy, the the Dollars trilogy, um, mm. whatever you want to call it, was a big influence on mm. on this, and and um. Yeah, well, we'll get into it more as we go through the films, I think. But yeah, it, it's like that, that is kind of a deliberate, it's by design, I guess, mm-hmm. for the film. So, but yeah, it, it is, um, especially the the move from the first film to the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Evil Dead and um, <laughs> Mad Max. And Mad Max comparison is more just that they both started out with shithouse cheap films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not yeah. shithouse in terms of quality. Uh, like quality of film, but shit house in terms of like, like what was the budget for El Mariachi? Uh, well, so yeah, first film we're talking about is El Mariachi, which Sorry. came in 1992, um, and has a famously low budget. It was budgeted at about nine thousand dollars, and Jesus the Christ. final total was seven thousand two hundred twenty-five dollars spent. Um, although Robert Rodriguez um, theorizes that if he hadn't had to buy film. Um, or like taking out the cost of like buying the actual 16 millimeter yeah. film he shot on 16 mil rather than 35 because it was cheaper that it probably he probably only spent about 600 dollars we could <laughs> i could afford this film yeah <laughs> the only thing that that's stopping me is drive <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that's probably the cheapest film i've ever heard of like of this magnitude it is worth pointing out the version that that you see um, had about a million dollars spent on post production, um, tidying up right. the sound, color, and I think that million dollars also goes towards marketing. Right. So it did, it did, it, it was touched up because it was originally made for the um, Mexican uh, home video market, and mm. it got turned down so he's like well fuck it, i'll try i'll see if hollywood wants it yeah, um, yeah, nice. and then it generated all the spas in hollywood nice um so yeah uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves what is El mariachi about El mariachi is about a uh, mariachi so a guitar player a mexican guitar mm-hmm. player and all he wants to do is go to this little town get a steady job in a bar and just pay his pay his wage uh but meanwhile there is a dispute between like um, a drug lord. Is he a drug lord? Is it cr- a, cr- a mob boss? Yeah, cr- crime lord, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, crime lord and one of his, like, lackeys who has gone rogue over a payment dispute. And the reason that Al Mariachi is tied up in all of this is that both the rogue criminal and Al Mariachi carry around this guitar case. And Al Mariachi, of course, carries a guitar in his guitar case, whereas the rogue guy carries around a bunch of weapons. And so in this little town, uh, Al Mariachi is mistaken for this crime lord. And it's basically a, a like a really like quintessential mistaken identity film mm. where a reluctant hero is thrust into having to perform and save the day because people think he's someone he's not. So by by no fault of his own, you know, he is he is thrust into this adventure. Uh and he falls in love with a barmaid and uh by the end a, a lot of people die and he's basically the only one left. Um and he sort of I, I it, it almost ends implying that like he's resigned himself to now he's like lives in the underbelly. He is no yeah. longer an innocent mariachi. 
Yeah, um, it, it's a, a beautifully simple film in a lot of ways, I think. It's one of those ones that is just so easy to get on board with and you can see why it kind of picked up. The scrappy nature of the filmmaking as well yeah, yeah. is, um, yeah, it's fantastic. You hadn't seen this movie before, that's right? No, I hadn't at all, no. Um, so I we mentioned this last week when we rolled it, but yeah, I'd, so I watched this movie um, at... Um, I'm. It's called broadcasting school. This the school that Ajan actually met at. It's called broadcasting school, but you know, film school essentially. I watched it at yeah. film school. Uh, so if you hear me say broadcasting school at B school, uh, I'm yeah. talking about you know the equivalent to film school. Is it going to come up a lot in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I watched this film while studying at B school, and you had to what um, you know when you're writing these big fucking essays, you have to um, reference texts and stuff. So I, I actually also read. Um, the book that Robert Rodriguez wrote about the production of El Mariachi called Rebel Without a Crew, and it's got a subtitle like, or how a 23-year-old with $7,000 became a Hollywood player. Because um, mm. it's 23-minute the film as well. So um, it's it's like, it's an incredible book. It's fascinating. It's essentially just his diary from like shooting. Um, I think it starts before shooting, and then it's like his diary each day of shooting, and then goes through uh, like selling the film and everything and it's like there's all these fascinating tidbits and it's this weird thing where like El Mariachi and that book are almost like you know like some of the most important pieces of pop culture to me in terms of like my moving forward as a content creator like anytime I make something I always think about Rebel Without a Crew and mm the and al mariachi because like there's there's so many great like tidbits um about like essentially robert rodriguez did everything on this film he wrote it he shot it he scored it um he did all the vfx the only thing he didn't do was act in it and that's because there wouldn't have been anyone to operate the camera (laughs) and like (laughs) he he um like the same thing goes for machete this is the third if you count spy kids and machete as two different franchises is that right this is that third robert rodriguez yeah. franchise and from memory he did everything on at least the machete films as, yeah. i don't know about spy kids but yeah yeah like and, and he and actually like robert rodriguez has an interesting um filmography as well because there's like we could also do he's got like his hero duology because he made that oh, semi-sequel yeah. chat boy lava girl there's obviously um sin city and um from dust till dawn as well um yeah. there's a, a there's only like options. a couple of films um so he made the faculty um which is a standalone thing planet terror but that's part of grindhouse so that's yeah, kind yeah. of like a, a duology there shorts and elite battle angel is his only other film that but elite battle angel was made with the express purpose yeah. of being a franchise so yeah he's only yeah. really made like two films that aren't parts of franchises which is really interesting <laughs> yeah and i mean like it's, it's it's even more interesting by like how difficult it is to sort of pin down what a Robert Rodriguez film even is, you know, like mm. I feel like I feel like he's definitely um there's definitely two types of Robert Rodriguez film. Yeah, definitely. Um but even those like very wildly. Like there's either the Spy Kids or the Desperado. Yeah. You know, those are the two types of films. Kids films or ultra violent um more mature films but even those sort of yeah very wildly in tone and style quality 
and quality yes <laughs> yeah um he also directed the music video for rain on me by um lady gaga and ariana grande oh, oh yeah <laughs> work. yeah I, like robert rodriguez I, I i i just i find him such a fascinating filmmaker and the the varying wildly quality of films like other than I, I guess Sin City he hasn't had like his pop fiction you know like because him mm. and Tarantino are, are really good mates and they sort of came up at the same time um El Mariachi and Reservoir Dogs came out in the same year and so they're very similar I think Clerks followed not long after and there were these kind of right. like three like pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and just got out there and made yeah. a film and then you know you look at how all their careers have differed um you know, Kevin Smith obviously did Clerks and um yeah they, they're all this the kind of guys like Tarantino not as much because I think Tarantino had like it was still a shoestring budget for Reservoir Dogs but he was able to attach these kind of big names by getting people whose stars had faded a bit whereas Al Mariachi and Clerks are very much just like, oh yeah, I called up my mates and we made a film on the weekend. Oh my god, Al Mariachi stars jack shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like they don't even bring them back for the sequels. Um, Carlos Scalado, who plays Al Mariachi in the um in this film, has a cameo on Desperado, but not himself. Like, um, and actually, actually, like three or four people have cameos in Desperado. Um, but like none of them, most of them hadn't acted before. Um, uh, Peter Marquardt, who plays um, Moko, um, d- doesn't even speak Spanish. He had to like right. read his lines off a cue card and didn't understand what he was saying. So he, he met Robert Rodriguez um, because that other like famously Robert Rodriguez raised the money for this film by being like a lab rat. Um, by testing drugs to yeah. lower your career, lower your cholesterol, he's paid like a hundred bucks a day for thirty days and was just like confined in this thing. And so he he wrote some of the script in there, I think. And yeah, met this guy Peter Marquardt who um and got him to act in this film, um, even though he nice. did speak Spanish. What, what? So what did you what do you think of Al Mariachi? I I, I really like Al Mariachi. Yeah, I like I I. I it's, yeah, I mean, obviously, a large part of that is just like the filmmaking and the kind of this the, the attitude of it and knowing all the stuff behind the scenes, having read the book. But again, like I said, it's like this beautifully simple plot, a, a wrong like wrong place, wrong time, mistaken identity. These are all just like such easy kind of like for lack of a better words, they're they're, they're like these simple plots that um, you know you can just immediately buy into yeah what do you think of and, it yeah and i appreciated that yeah i mean another comparison here could also be peter jackson's rise to mm, fame yeah, yeah. probably around the same time i think as well with with bad taste and um brain dead that sort of thing um and no i agree i think that the the filmmaking and all that is, is really fascinating and it's lovingly amateur in a way that feels like mm give me a dslr i could probably make something that looks about the same if not better in some (laughs) shots um but like as well as that i think yeah what succeeds about it is it's just a really really good story and i yeah i really liked this one a lot more than i thought i would i watched this with my friend kate and as as i put it on she was like is this supposed to be good and i was like it's supposed to be interesting 
Like it's supposed to be like, wow, that's so fascinating. And mm. I would categorize bad taste as more at the Peter Jackson's debut film as more interesting than it is good. And I'd probably mm. categorize the evil dead as more interesting than it is good. Uh, and Mad Max as more interesting than it is good, mm. especially Mad Max. Uh, but this, I think out of, out of all of those sort of mm. shoestring budget amateur films, I think this easily is the best story. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was, I loved it. I thought it was great. What does it have on on Roddy T's? What would you guess? Um, I feel like the the love of backyard filmmaking would boost this quite high, regardless of how otherwise amateur it might be. So I'm going to guess like mid nineties, ninety three, ninety three. Mm. There you go. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Eh? I thought it was a great film. Fun. Yeah, very it, fun. It, it is great, and and it's and like short. Oh my god, it's like eighty minutes long. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> mm. And um. Yeah, I mean, I, I could just go on and on about like all these fun behind the scenes trivia, and so I won't go mm. on and on about it. But I do have okay. some fun ones that I want to share, um, because as well, I mean, they, like the the first, the only other time I'd seen this movie, um, I met, I got the DVD of it out from from the video store. Remember those? <laughs> yeah. And um, and when you put the DVD, it defaults to playing with the DVD commentary on, mm. and so it's like it just like it's the dialogue in it isn't very important. You could watch this film with with the set like muted and you would follow the plot yeah um yeah just play with the dvd commentary it's, it's just like him going through all these things then i read the book and it goes through a lot of the same kind of stuff and then there's also like a special feature that um goes on like into like more detail and has all this great behind the scenes stuff of like how he did everything but yeah like there's um the at the start of the film the 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 jail is like a real functioning jail and the warden mm-hmm. and the guard are just the real warden and guard and they're like sweet i don't have to pay actors or pay for mm. costumes now and then when he when he rolls into the town he's like oh he gets a coconut from the side of the road and then the voiceover is like wow free coconuts i could get used to this town there was they added that lining because they forgot to film paying for it <laughs> <laughs> i did wonder about that i was like why is there just a guy adding free, like giving away free coconuts apropos yeah. of nothing i thought it was strange <laughs> it's so funny that there's an answer to that question that i forgot i had yeah and then there was um so because because he's shooting in this like quite small town and fucking like half the towns in the film yeah at the end of the film the like the moko's big gang the final boss it's just like mm. teenagers because they'd like run out of people to be in the film but they did um because obviously word spread about this it's like you know like fucking shooting in new zealand kind of thing but um mm. that these there were these two journalists that were like especially critical of the filming and you know would talk on the local news and show that so he just gave them roles in the film and they ended up being two of the only people that don't die in the film um, and that was like his way of paying them off <laughs> that's awesome i love that yeah but it's i i definitely recommend checking this out like especially if you if you have interest in filmmaking it's mm. like a, to, to me it's like a, a must see mm. no i'm surprised i hadn't seen it until now yeah um, I, I would have thought that I would have come across it by now as well. I love the um the poster for it, where it's like it's mm. like a shot from the waist down of him walking along a road with a thematically significant turtle like on the road with him. And I, I love that. Mm. I think that's such a cool. And do you know that um turtle that wasn't in the script. They just happened to <laughs> they just happened to be a turtle there, and they're like, "This is a cool <laughs> shot." This is great. This is so Robert Rodriguez. Um, but yeah, the, the, and there's all this, like like there was no storyboards for the film as well because it's like 
who would he show them to? Mm. It's just him. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, it, it was a success. It's considered um, the the Guinness World Records um, recognizes it as the lowest budgeted film to gross a million dollars. Of course, it would be, yeah. Under 10 grand. That is oh, yeah. insanity. Mm. That is so little money. And it's it's been inducted into the Library of Congress as part of its National Film Registry. But it is, um, one thing I will say about this kind of like era of, of film, you know, is... Um, so you you get filmmakers like Robert Rodriguez, Kevin Smith, like the classic ones who go, like it's so much like, you know, we we went out there and we made a film for nothing, and it's it's easier than ever to go out there and make a film now, mm. and it's like it is, but it's so much harder to get recognized mm. because it's like. And, and, and like the thing is that's like yeah like if you want to be a filmmaker your goal is just to make movies it's it's easier than ever to do that now sure but if it's like yeah if you want to be a big hollywood player like these guys yeah your little backyard film probably isn't no one's really going to care and also like i feel like the novelty's worn off whereas like in 1992 you can convince a whole sleepy little town to be in your film mm. whereas like now especially in new zealand we're like oh my god <laughs> like if i can go to twizel be like hey can i film they'll be like no you gotta <laughs> pay us you've gotta like mm. it's it's filmmaking has become such like i don't know people have commodified it in new zealand i think and it's probably a good thing to be honest i don't know why i was acting like that's a that's a bad thing for people but like I feel like now, if if I went to my local prison and was like, hello, can I film a scene where someone breaks out of your prison? They would be like, no, you cannot film a scene where someone is breaking out of our prison, <laughs> you know? Like, that that's, that's, I think, a big difference as well, is, like, it's just not as novel anymore. And mm. with, like, several film schools in New Zealand even, like, it's, you know? Like, Peter Jackson was starting out now, I, I don't think people would be giving him as much free reign to do whatever he wants and various things, you know? Mm. Mm. Sad. Sad. Where is <laughs> what you've, what's happened to us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of, um, would I lie to you? The, the British panel yeah, show yeah. with like David Mitchell and Lee Mack. And there's this fantastic clip from it. That's like a, a meme now, but I didn't know about it till I was watching it where David Mitchell's going on a rant about how, like it's essentially like a parody of like a back in my day rant. And, he, and it, ends, it just ends with him being like, I do this. I do that. I shout on panel shows. We used to make steel. And like, it's, it's like his voice like cracks as he says steel. And I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. It's being like, we used to make steel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway just uh, a shout out to the show that i've been obsessed with for the past couple of months <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's cute it's nice um it, yeah it's nice to see you um happy about something again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after barbie <laughs> um okay so that's al mariachi we're just this is gonna be a nice nice quick episode i think um mm -hmm. but i would definitely recommend check out al mariachi if um mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it so two years later that was fired by desperado um and what is desperado about well so i f i wrongly believed this was just a remake of mm. al it actually mariachi. originally was um gonna be um yeah just just an english language remake Right, because, yeah, because the um, last, if you listen to our last film franchise, Fortnite's, I compared it to Evil Dead in the sense that Evil Dead 2 is essentially just 
part sequel but mostly remake of Evil Dead One. Although it's not and- entirely without accuracy because they they it, Disparado features a reshot ending of El Mariachi. Mm. But that's that's about it though. Yeah, it's just a reach, and they and they presumably only do that because they recast the main character as Antonio Banderas, um, who is now uh, after Mar- El Mariachi is now like a full fledged hitman, uh, which is quite the career trajectory. Uh, and he's essentially looking for who's he looking for? The guy that killed his girlfriend at the yeah, end yeah. of the last, the last of the first film, and yeah, it's just. And he hooks up with um, uh, Selma. Is it no? Who's he hook up with? What's his name? Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Yeah. Because even Mendes is in the next one. <laughs> no, no. I was thinking of um, Penelope Cruz. I always get them mixed up. All oh, right. And they were in a thing together once, and I was like, "What?" Um, yeah, <laughs> Selma Hayek. Um, and so they're they're basically going after this this other mob boss. Turns out to be Al Mariachi's brother, um, and he kills him and uh it's it's pre- again it's pretty simple i don't think it's as elegant in its storytelling but it is a lot more impressive in terms of its filmmaking which i think is mm. definitely where the where its strengths lie um, yeah but yeah. but i i would say overall and this is maybe sli- somewhat of an indictment on robert rodriguez as a as an artist is that al mariachi for as amateur as it is, it's also very, very grounded. And the the situations are lavish and extreme, but the way it's shown to you is very grounded. Whereas Desperado feels like a jump into what we would eventually see in something like Planet Terror, where like it's now sort Mm. of reveling in its action schlockiness. Mm. And I liked it because it's cool to see, but if we're talking which film's better... Al Mariachi's way better. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. You know? Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. And um critics agree with us. Um yeah. what do you think it says on Rotten Tomatoes? Um seventy seventy two. Uh sixty four. Sixty four. Fucking Ooh. hell. That's really low. <laughs> I thought it was a lot better. It has a real cool opening scene with um Steve Bashimi sort of walks into a bar and mm. like weaves the tale of al mariachi to the bar people the people at the bar and uh it's it's i thought that was a real cool opening and i i i thought i i'm surprised it's 64 that's very low for for Mm. how lovingly crafted this feels yeah moments and and this this was um not i mean it had a thousand times the budget of um (laughs) of the last film but it was still an incredibly low budget feature seven million dollars um what did he make between this and al mariachi and desperado nothing nothing so this was just two two years apart right did so well that it that he was able to make this yeah and so yeah, he um recast um the lead with Antonio Banderas, made it in English, obviously for a wider audience. But uh yeah, this makes it our time for a useless to statistic. This oh. makes this our fifth franchise where Antonio Banderas is appears in a sequel but not in the first film. <laughs> All right, so Shrek. Yep, where he's puss and boots. The SpongeBob movies. Yep um the expendables mm-hmm, where he's, he's, that's where he's in the third one so we can't just say he's introduced in the second film but he's introduced in a sequel yeah um what are the other two the uh other well one of them is desperado but um yeah. uh the other one is in machete 
where he um oh. his character from Spy Kids appears in Machete Kills, but not in the first one. Wow, that's such a. I love I love when we have specific stats, but when it's more than two films, if it's yeah. just two films, it's like well whatever. But when it's like there's five films where Antonio Banderas appears in the sequel but not in the original yeah <laughs> I think that's much and funnier. also if we cover the hitman's bodyguard he's in the second one of those and mm. uh, he's in the hitman's wife's bodyguard and also when we cover indiana jones he's going to be in the fifth one ah nice <laughs> and because it's always like a significant character as well i'm sure there's plenty of actors that have only ever been in the sequel to something but like with antonio banderas it's like like puss in boots is the one that got the spin-off and mm. uh al mariachi was like played by someone else in a previous movie so it's like it's yeah. always a bit more significant than just a character you know <laughs> But yeah, so Desperado, where are we? Um, other other fun fact about Desperado, this is um, the third biggest improvement in terms of percentage uh, in box office take um, receipts for a sequel. Right. Do you know what the top two are? Box office, so it's a sequel that made more money than the original? Yeah. Um, Terminator. No. That is, I believe, in the top ten, though. Mm, okay, it'll be something with a low first budget. The first one had a low budget, and the second, uh, the second one had a budget. Uh, and, and box office receipts, so how much money it made, not how much money yeah, it Yeah, 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 but I'm saying like it oh, would yeah, be... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Oh, John Wick? No. No? Okay, tell me. I'm just going to be guessing. Um, I'm trying to find the fucking page. <laughs> I should have kept guessing so you can uh, Oh, yeah, here we go. Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity? No, that made heaps of money at the box office. I got confused. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, so the, the we actually have covered it on on film franchise Fortnite, no. and we spoke about it at the time. Um, so with an improvement of thirty four thousand percent, Boondocks Saints to All Saints Day outgrossed its wow. predecessor, the Boondocks <laughs> Saints. Haven't thought about that movie, mm. in a long but that's because Boondocks Saints two made ten million dollars. The first one only made thirty thousand dollars. Right, but fun fact the. In second place is Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, which outgrossed Zathura. However, <laughs> if you don't count Zathura, then Welcome to the Jungle comes 11th. Right. Um, outranking the original Jumanji. That's fun. That's the last podcast we did. And now, if you're talking about um, just the actual dollar amount, um, so they're like mm-hmm. the biggest increase in dollar amount, um, number one is Jurassic World, um, outgrossing Jurassic Park 3. By one point three billion dollars, um, and then Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle outsold Zathura by eight hundred ninety nine million. Um, and again, if you don't count Zathura, um, then Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle outranked the original Jumanji, and that comes seventh. Nice. So yeah, that's a fun facts that we uh, could have shared last week. <laughs> once upon a time in Mexico, then outgrow like grossed an additional like even more than that and is the most improved second sequel of all time right there you go yeah what what is what are some of your favorite moments or sequences or even just things about desperado um i i really like the the opening with the um like the 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 steve buscemi scene you mentioned Mm -hmm. um which they had to shoot quite quickly because they could only afford steve buscemi for like five days and yeah. Cheech Marin for like six days. Um, <laughs> Cheech Marin, he plays the bartender. Yeah. And then uh, we cut to Antonio Banderas performing as El Mariachi. 
and I really like that performance scene. Mm. And yeah, the, the it's just I don't know. It's yeah, it's, it's just like a cool movie. Mm. You you yeah, you end up having the, a lot of those things. It's like you can tell Robert Rodriguez, and I think he still directs in the style, even like looking at mm. him talking about his work on like The Mandalorian because he's doing the Book of Boba Fett as well, right? I think so. Yeah, that um, he still seems to kind of direct in a style of like. Oh fuck! This would be cool. Oh, and then oh, this would be cool. And like, yeah, yeah. like he he storyboarded his Mandalorian episode with by like setting up his action figures and taking photos of it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm I'm fascinated by Robert Rodriguez as a character, and he's um yeah. he's an incredibly interesting person to listen to. Um, but yeah, actually, one well, one thing that that I, I, on Robert Rodriguez that I think was that's always stuck with me is is our my tutor at, at, at B school at film school um, I was talking because I think I just watched Al Mariachi and I was talking about it with him and um, and and we were talking about the whole Tarantino versus Rodriguez debate mm-hmm. and and he said a quote that I think about all the time and he said that he's like I would rather work for Tarantino but I would rather have Rodriguez work for me yeah right no totally I totally it, it's like like Robert Rodriguez is, is probably like a more talented person overall mm. but Tarantino jack is, of all trades yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's the jack of all trades and I think even as like a producer Rod- Rodriguez would probably be like really rewarding to like mm-hmm have that back and forth with whereas tarantino is like well i get to have my name on a tarantino film you know yeah yeah no totally i totally get that and no i i agree because watching these and watching spy kids and stuff i i always find myself hard pressed to say like that i really i i al mariachi is probably my favorite robert rodriguez film mm. sadly yeah and, <laughs> and, and sin city's probably yeah his other big like this is mm. a good film I like Planet Terror as well, but I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. Um, but like, whereas like Tarantino, like I love Pulp Fiction, I love Inglorious Bastards, like far more than I mm. passively enjoy Spy Kids too, you know. Yeah. And, and so I, I worry, I worry that that he um, is more of a substance over quality kind of yeah. director in that sense. And, and like, um, not that the stuff is bad. He has a um, he has a show because he he has this um, this network called Al Ray which is like like a, a full network and he has the show on there called the director's chair and it's it can be kind of hard to find sometimes and then sometimes you can find every episode but it's um it's him interviewing other directors and mm. it's it's such a fascinating um series and it's like and he, he's he's a great interviewer and he's clearly mates with all these guys he's an incredibly soft-spoken individual as well which is kind of surprising but he's um he does like a two-part one with tarantino and it's like one of those you can really tell their mates kind of thing they talk about the movie nights they have and he says he talks about just going through tarantino's house and just lying around he has all these like scripts willy-nilly that like you know he just tarantino just threw together in a weekend and he um he compares it to this there's a scene in um the um three amigos where like chevy chase is just like um drinking they're they're in the middle of the desert and chevy chase is just like pouring this water all over himself while the other two are looking on thirsty and he's like this is how tarantino treats his scripts that he's just like oh there's just some bullshit that i wrote like yeah i probably will never make it and robert rodriguez is like oh my god and it's like i would love if he just shared around those scripts more and then a filmmaker (laughs) like robert rodriguez could make you know yeah, his right. magnum opus um, written by tarantino well because the, the thing is though and i think this is what i was trying to get at before is like 
I I wonder if the reason I like El Mariachi more than Desperado is because Desperado and the rest of Rodriguez's career feels Tarantino flavored. Tarantino's mm. in Desperado. He has a, mm, a yeah. very strrangely has a very small character in in Desperado. Yeah, he's, he's called um, pickup his- guy. The character the character was based on Tarantino apparently. And I think he was going to cast Steve Buscemi as that role because he knew he couldn't right. afford him for long. Um, and then he mentioned it to Tarantino. He's like, yeah, I'll play it. <laughs> right, nice. Um, and, and yeah, and but but like Desperado feels like El Mariachi with the style of Tarantino influencing it. But Tarantino is so much better at at the Tarantino style than Robert Rodriguez. And I feel like it impedes. Like there there is some great like. There's some great stuff in Desperado, and overall, I would say I liked it. I really liked. There's a shootout in that bar where where you meet Tarantino's character, and that's really cool. And it reminded me a bit of that um, the nightclub gunfight from John Wick. Especially there's a part mm. where where uh, Al Mariachi and the guy he's trying to kill they both run out of bullets, and there's like probably a 20 second long sequence where they're both reaching for the guns of all these dead bodies and clicking them, and they're all like without bullets. <laughs> I was like, what a great scene what a great crunchy concept for an action scene you know because and there's a desperation to it that's very palpable Mm. of like of like hey (laughs) a desperado ocean um of like trying desperately trying to find and like all i could think about is like if you're in that situation the blood rush that must happen when you're trying to find another gun and they keep being empty you know um so i really like that there's another really cool scene where um and it's just it's just cheesy where antonio banderas like slips off a building as something's exploding and then just leapfrogs his legs off the building at the last second and and it's this really cool like him leaping onto another building kind of thing um there's there's a sex scene in in this movie that's very steamy and we can talk about that if you like i think Going on from last week's episode of Sexual Awakenings, I feel like it felt oddly familiar, this sex scene. I almost feels like I saw clips of it before I knew what sex was. Like this movie <laughs> was on TV or something. Mm. And I saw, and like my, my, my parents would have hurried me out of the room, but I saw like sweaty bodies of, of Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek like mashing together. And like, I don't know, it, it influenced, I think, what I... I don't know if it was the, it was it was either this movie or something very much like this movie that I think was maybe one of the first sex scenes I saw and I didn't remember that until re- well, watching this film for what I thought was the first time. Um and yeah, what well, is very steamy, almost probably too. Too steamy. <laughs> um and, and and that that feels like almost a tangible example of why critics are like Al Mariachi's this this Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
pool and this is like this this oh you got all the money and and sold out yeah, your yeah. integrity because it's got like this gross sex in it but but it is still like made for fucking nothing that's true like antonio banderas like quite recently has um has spoken about like they cut a lot of corners like safety wise that he probably wouldn't mm. do these days like the, wow. the the iconic shot with the the instagram photo we, we took for it um mm. of the like explosion that takes up the entire frame behind them he said that like that was all real and you there was just this smell of burnt hair of my hair and Salma's hair and the entire crew's hair that just wow. after that shot and and there was another shot with like um the another stunt that was done with like a crane and he's like it wasn't like a this wasn't like a film worker crane this is just a construction dude who didn't really care that much you know yeah but back to the sex scene um so i've got two um two fun little pieces of trivia about the sex scene uh, cool. um one is that um uh on the dvd commentary um rodriguez states that um the day that they went to shoot the the sex scene, the entire crew showed up to to watch her get naked, um, uh, and then, um, but they shot it on a closed set, so it was just um, okay. uh, Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek, Robert Rodriguez, and the script supervisor, who apparently was um, like best friends with Salma Hayek. Um, the other fun piece of trivia is that apparently during the filming of the sex scene, Salma Hayek became very uncomfortable and started uncontrollably crying. Aww. Yeah, so the, it makes the um, everyone showed up to see her naked thing a yeah. lot less charming. Not that it was ever charming. But um, like just recently, a couple of months ago, or at the start of this year, on the Armchair Expert podcast, Dick Shepard's podcast, Salma Hayek spoke about it and yeah, said that it was like traumatizing for her. And it was, um, she says that it like wasn't in the script and like she, she kind of didn't really know that it was going to happen. Wow, that's pretty dark. Yeah, she she does say she like she goes on to say that that like it's like this is not she, she said Robert Rodriguez didn't pressure her in any way. She is like there's no, like he's not the bad guy in this situation or anything like that. She was like a he was like a brother to her. It sounds like she said that the main thing that seems to have made her like uncomfortable is that like this was her first because this was this was her breakout role and this was her first time you know disrobing for the camera and, and she's like you know a self-conscious about her body and and everything and um for like antonio banderas who you know was was a reasonably big star he'd done a lot of films especially like in, in um and in, in like in the, in the spanish before he broke into the english language filmmaking mm-hmm. he um like he was just you know this was just another day at the office for him and i think and, and his kind of casual nature and how easily it came to him made her feel self-conscious that she felt self-conscious mm. and so yeah it, like okay. it, it's it, it, it if you if you actually like listen to her talking about it it's not as like it doesn't sound as evil as yeah, she was right. uncomfortable during the sex scene and uncontrollably cried um yeah. but they ended up working around and i think that the they it was supposed to just be these like super long shots you know like dragged out but i think it ends up being like a cut a little bit differently and i think it probably works out for the best but yeah i mean you probably don't need any of it to be, exactly, <laughs> to be yeah. honest if your if your friend is really that uncomfortable it's probably not the most necessary scene to show in full mm. um interesting okay mm. Mm. so yeah that's um not very cool um what does desperado mean desperate does it what does that have to do with it it doesn't feel like that like is is it a term is it like a 
a Spanish, like a common Spanish it's phrase. It's a desperate or reckless person, especially a criminal. Okay. It was actually originally, I was going to save this for, we talk about tiles a lot on this podcast um, later on, but uh, the movie was actually originally titled El Pistolero, which means the gunman, um, which to be consistent with El Mariachi. But um, the the studio requested the change. Um, In Mexico, it was released as Pistolero. I like like the idea of these all being called El something. Mm. That's much cooler than just very random, disconnected titles. Because all three of them feel like, if you don't, if all three of them feel like you could watch them without knowing the other ones exist. Like, mm, you know, yeah, like sure. they're all very well, standalone. similar to the Dollar Trilogy. I think, I yeah, think yeah, once exactly. you know that that's an influence on it, it's like, oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, yeah, apparently on the set of this, Tarantino suggested you should make another one. You should call it Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which showing his affinity for that titling scheme, you know, wow. 20 years earlier. That's funny because I think What's Once Upon a Time in Mexico is a very eh, title for the third film. <laughs> um, but it's also, um, yeah, like Robert Rodriguez claims that, I think, in the DVD commentary. Um, he says that, like, Tarantino suggested it. But in Rebel Without a Crew, he mentions having ideas for, like, that he's going to want to make it into a trilogy. Right. So, mm-hmm. who's telling the truth, <laughs> Rob? Yeah, yeah, this very important issue, who's telling the truth? <laughs> All right, so that is Desperado. Uh, And lastly, for now, no, for forever, um, we have uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That came in 2003. It was actually shot in 2001. It was completed in 2001, but it was not released in 2003. And what's this one about? Oh, God, I don't really know. This one is... is It was criticized for its convoluted plot. I'll I'll give you that. (laughs) It's about... So, Salma Hayek's been killed, and Al Mariachi is running around trying to kill other people. Johnny Depp is an FBI agent who shows up to, or was he CIA? CIA. I can't remember. And and he's involved and there's a, essentially, okay, here's here's what I could tell people the plot is, even though there's a lot more to it. There is a coup, a presidential coup in Mm. Mexico being planned. um, And the, the CIA want it to happen, but then they want to kill the person who is orchestrating the coup so that he also doesn't gain control. And mm. Al Mariachi is pulled in to be the guy to kill the the overthrower. That's what it's about. Yeah, so it's criticized for the convoluted plot and reducing the protagonist um, to a kind of secondary role. But um, mm. Rodriguez has stated that this was intentional because he wants this to be the good, the bad, and the ugly of um, the trilogy. Oh, of course. God, I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah, because there is there is a good, bad, and ugly in this yeah. film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and because Willem Dafoe's in it as well, doing brown face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. He also he hires a double. Um. Who's just it's it, there's no prosthetics it's just a guy who looks like willem dafoe yeah <laughs> <laughs> which it feels like they found someone and was like you look a lot like willem dafoe i'm gonna make a movie where willem dafoe <laughs> needs a double in it um i did not think this was very good i didn't yeah, like this movie it's, it's, it's a disappointing intro the trilogy um yeah i i i think um johnny depp is quite fun in it and he's mm-hmm. clearly having a good time. This was came out the same year as um, 
as Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. God, it feels like it's from a completely different era to Pirates of the Caribbean. I know, right? Well, well, well it's, it's you know, you divide Johnny Depp's career into before and after Pirates this of the Caribbean. This is the last one before. Yeah, it, it, like, I mean, yeah, it was shot two years before. But yeah, also he's fucking 40 in this film. Wow. I would have guessed he's like 29. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 32 at the oldest. There's a the, the coolest part of the movie, I would say, is the character by the end has his eyes removed and mm. still manages to work his way through a shootout, a climactic yeah. shootout with no eyes. And I thought, like, this is a short film that you can pull from this film that would be quite fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the... I was so checked out by that point. Um, <laughs> what, what does this have on, on 10 toes? Uh, it's actually higher than Desperado. It's at 66. <laughs> it's so not better than desperado i think it's like i think it's this film deserves 66 but desperado deserves higher than 64 maybe yeah 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 because i mean like this film i i I wouldn't say it's like bad necessarily i yeah it's more just i wasn't pulled in by i love the simplicity of the first two and then to do yeah 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 exactly by the 45 minute mark i was so lost in the plot that like i kind of it kind of just became a chore to watch the rest of it because i was just like whatever i don't really understand what's happening in this film anymore Mm. and so i just sort of gave up essentially (laughs) Mm, yeah fair Fun fact about this film, it was the first quote-unquote big-budget film to be shot on high-definition digital video. Wow. Yeah, it's a fun cool. distinction. So, yeah, like like I said, it was shot in 2001 and completed in 2001, um, but just, they, they held on to it because, um, yeah, there was a Screen Actors Guild strike, like, looming, and so he quickly shot this before Spy Kids um, 2 and 3. Mm. Yes, and, and, and so what the, Rodriguez shot... Um, he got George Lucas, his mates with, um, was shooting episode two at the time and showed him some footage. And he was like, fuck, this looks just as good, if not better than film. And was like, okay, well, I don't have enough time to shoot Spike. It's too digitally. So he said to Miramax, hey, I'll make a Desperado sequel. And then just in six days wrote the script. Um, oh which was my like, god of course it's this quality then yeah that's so funny and so the, the initial draft was 65 pages long which he padded with a subplot borrowed from an unproduced short film and then <laughs> miramax um said oh i don't like the subplot so he removed it um so the script was only about 45 pages long god that is bad that's so bad and you can so tell that that's that, that suddenly it all feels like it makes sense yeah your scrappy what what he calls mariachi style filmmaking when it, mm. it doesn't work out you know <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah this is the case of a director getting too big for his britches <laughs> uh, yeah well, um yeah let, let's talk what more what do you, what did you think of this film well because it's it's like what we've talked about before how like great movies are simple and bad movies are convoluted and i feel mm. like this is a classic case of that where it's like the first one is about a mix-up between guitar cases, and this one is about a presidential coup that it does. I don't. I don't understand who any of the people are. I don't understand what's going on. So I didn't. I didn't really like that. Um, I didn't really enjoy other than that scene of Johnny Depp with no eyes. 
they took my fucking eyes. Um, I didn't really like care about anything else. I I thought um, there's a cool scene. It's like a flashback where him and Selma Hayek are, hang- are chained together and hanging out of a roof and sw- swinging each other to different ledges to mm. um to try and avoid gunfire. And it almost felt like some kind of like uh indie steam game you'd buy now or it's mm. i'm sure there is where you're like unravel two. And just, yeah you know that's of course that's what i'm thinking of I'm <laughs> unravel two right now that's exactly what it's like <laughs> um yeah saying it like it's hypothetical where it's literally like the the last video game i played um, <laughs> so the, yeah like I, there's there's the occasional cool scene in it and like i laughed at one point where he like he's like jump he's riding like a a motorbike or something but he's like standing on it and then he just jumps off it and very comfortably lands in like a pink convertible and it's like just a cool shot but overall i i just thought this was do you know what i thought this was i thought this was boring i thought mm. this was a boring movie it's boring it's dull yeah. it doesn't have any of the charm of the original and none of the like innovative action scenes of the second one mm. yeah Feels like he just wanted to shoot it on that camera. Now that you've told me that, feels like he just built something so that he could shoot. Yeah, on the yeah, camera. and it's like it, it does feel like. I mean, I guess like he says, it's intentional. It's the that um, the the good, the bad, and the ugly of the franchise. But um, yeah, it feels like he wanted to make the Johnny Depp film. You know, mm. like mm. that the, this guy. You know, because you can do a movie about a CIA agent that comes to Mexico and doesn't you can't fucking see by the end of it yeah yeah um and that's and and like because there's a whole bit where he's like being guided around by a a young boy as well Mm. um which is quite funny it's like that's a fun dynamic and you could could probably make a whole film based around that yeah if anything it feels a little um underdeveloped that this character who's been in the whole movie now is like his life has permanently changed with his vision being taken away and he's just sort of very cavalier about like like you can start a film there and i can believe a character wouldn't care but to like see him before then and after then feels a little like he should like i'd be devastated i'd probably (laughs) just be like you just shoot me if i got (laughs) taken out yeah there's a there's a lot of stories about um from behind the scenes about about johnny depp um like adding shit to his character like the character was just called sans and he came up with the other names um in the script mm. and he said that um he had the idea that he would wear um like cheesy tourist shirts apparently he even sent his sister to florida to buy the the cheesiest <laughs> um tourist shirts um, she could find and rango that- styles it's like a cross between like rango and fear and loathing in last Vegas. yeah 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 um and also that he um would have a sideline obsession with Broadway and favor strange, obvious disguises. Mm. And it's like, yeah, Johnny Depp is obviously all over the place as a person, but he's, he's got such, it seems like such like an idiosyncratic sense mm. of humor and like what he, what he wants. Cause there's the famous thing about that. He, he thought that, um, um, <laughs> uh, Jack Sparrow should have like a missing nose that was like reattached on, and mm. had gone black and he would be afraid of pepper yeah um and it's like all this and and the fact that like you know he played donald trump in that movie he shot over a weekend for funny or die and mm. he's in those um the kevin smith movies it's like what is your deal man <laughs> like, he's in he's in an episode of um life's too short i think as well yeah 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 
where he where he's like nobody insults Tim Allen, and I thought that was that was very funny that Johnny Depp would just <laughs> join in on insulting Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it it is it is interesting seeing that kind of era of um of Johnny Depp where it's like yeah the the last vestige of like Johnny Depp who cared and was just real hot was his defining character pre character actor johnny depp almost even yeah yeah that's a good way of putting it definitely yeah. a character um because yeah it, it this is a johnny depp film far more than any than antonio banderas yeah i don't even remember it. what antonio banderas did in the film no <laughs> um and didn't you you messaged me another useless stat about johnny depp this weekend do you remember what it was um well this is, this is our second 2003 johnny depp film well no but there's like if you include oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah so uh, yeah including this is this is our third franchise to feature um johnny depp and a film in 2000 that came out in 2003 because he's a nightmare on elm street um and free of his jason came out in 2003 (laughs) but um and and two of those examples he's in the film which came out in 2003 Um, very fun um i mean there might have we done any other johnny depp franchises because there might be um i don't think so is there what's an obvious johnny depp movie willy wonka we haven't the um that episode of um spongebob oh yeah we did do that didn't we yeah we did um okay he didn't have any other films that came out in 2003 but what else have we covered that he's been in i don't know if that had a movie released in 2003 <laughs> yeah what else is johnny depp in that's just a sequel where he's not in other ones uh i guess if we do um uh what's it called um harry potter because he's oh, in yeah. fantastic beasts although yep, no, i'd count that um although the harry potter film come out in 2003 no it didn't <laughs> <laughs> 2001, Damn. 2002, 2004. Oh my god. It's like they knew. Um, <laughs> They're like, in 10 years' time, we're going to cast Johnny Depp in a film. And then in 20 years' time, they're going to do a podcast about it. So, yeah, that's Once Upon a Time in Mexico. So, um, I did uh, skip over a piece of Dumb IMDb trivia from El Mariachi. So, I'll just go back to that. So, Dumb IMDb Trivia is a segment we do um, where, because IMDb is user-submitted, any old fucking idiot can um, submit a piece of trivia, and they're quite often stupidly written or just stupid pieces of trivia in some way. Um, this one says, Repeated viewings of the film will eventually show that there isn't a scene which takes place outdoors at night. <laughs> <laughs> You will only notice it's a phenomenon. It's yeah, an yeah. anomaly. It's like, oh, you'll only you, you notice have to watch it. it. There's like there's a scene that's removed if you watch it enough times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing that we talked about. That's um the it doesn't do anything. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's not a line from anything. It's there is not actually an outdoor night scene in El Mariachi. <laughs> yeah, but it's so funny. Like because because the the fact that like oh there's there's nothing shot outdoors at night probably for budgetary reasons um is an interesting piece of trivia but it's like (laughs) yeah the way it's eventually notice like yeah it's not even just like oh watch it again and you'll notice this um (laughs) it takes takes several watches um so yeah other than just the interesting tidbit about um 
this sequence originally being titled El Pistoletto. Uh, is there mm. anything else you want to say about the titles? You you kind of mentioned that Once Upon a Time in Mexico is not the best. Well, it's in a way like they're the first two. While I'd prefer if there was way more consistency between the first two movies in terms of their titles, they they still are like somewhat referring to. Uh, Al Mariachi as a character, like Desperado, I'm presuming, is referring to him as well. Mm. And so it almost feels like the third one needed to have a similar title. But then maybe but, is that doing Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly? Yeah, well, okay, but you, you didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, no, I don't know. I think, I think what it is. Is first of all, Al Mariachi is the best title of the three by far. Yeah, and, and, and it was del- and they, they they mentioned like we didn't translate it because who would watch an action movie called The Guitar Player? Mm. And I think that that you could take that. I I kind of wish they were all called Al Mariachi, or at least the first two were both called Al Mariachi, because I think it's such a such a interesting title. And I guess Once Upon a Time in Mexico doesn't really describe anything. It feels it for as as much as Tarantino and Rodriguez seem to love this title, to me it just sounds like they couldn't come up with a title. Mm. You know? But Yeah, it's um According to Wikipedia, it says um, Once Upon a Time Mexico, also known as Desperado 2. Right. Which is like <laughs> a, a weird. Al Mariachi, Al Pistoletto, Al Presidente. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, or Al, Al Assassinators in, in Spanish, you know? Like, I don't know. It feels like this could be the Al Trilogy. You know, the the trilogy. Yeah, El yeah. trilogy. El, El trilogio. <laughs> what's what's um what's trilogy in, in Spanish? Uh, I bet that's a, re- a real obvious word. All right. Um so trilogy, according to Google Translate, of course, um trilogia. Hmm. Um and um assassin. Assassina. Or assassino for masculine. I think I mean those are cool titles. I think I think Al Trilogia would be a cool name for this franchise, you know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just being silly. <laughs> I'm just being silly. <laughs> I just in a silly, goofy mood. <laughs> it's okay to show your silly sides. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, now on to a segment we like to call, and be- because it's the name of it. Um, mm. Continue the franchise. This is a part of the I'll continue a franchise. Uh, this is where. <laughs> Franchose. <laughs> uh, this is where we um, watch. Uh, no, we don't. Fuck it. Fuck. I was, Fuck. I was doing the. That's the whole um, podcast. Yeah. Um, this is where we. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, talk about um, fucking. Sorry, I just got distracted by something. I'll tell you in a second what it is. Um, okay. This is where we talk about the, um, the we pitch we talk about what the future, how the franchise has gone after we the movies, and then we also pitch our own continu- continuization. Um, continuation. You're right, mate. Sorry, you're right, yeah. Richard. I've been thrown by something. Um, what have you been thrown by? Um, I, I'll tell you after this. Okay. I, it will come. It will come out. It's important to the podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So there was a TV series which came out in 2014, um, <coughs> which is like a, a remake. It's based on the, the first film. It's called Our Mariachi. Um, oh, Robert really? Rodriguez was a, an executive producer on it. Um, and uh, yeah, ran for 71 episodes and one season. <laughs> what? It's this This must be like a, um, what are they called? Like a like um, Mexican a soap opera? Yeah, is that what it is? Uh, it... 71 episodes across one season yeah. sounds like that's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not really super clear. But... How do you squeeze that concept out to? Yeah, there, it, it is interesting. <laughs> where, um, like there's the, the cinematography and I noticed it in um, two and three because, you know, they look more like a film. Um, but they, there is a lot of that almost like telenovela. Like I think it's just like mm. flat lighting or like, I think we, the way he shoots dialogue scenes, there's a certain lens he's using, which like there's not a lot of depth between the um, there's not a lot of depth of field. Like, oh, there, there is right. a lot of depth of field. Um, right. That it's like yeah, there's there's, there's no not really any separation between the subject and the the background. And mm, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. And then and then someone will bust into the room, and then it'll be this really dramatic shot. And it's just yeah. it's an interesting thing that I think he he plays it safe with his um dialogue scenes um so what have you got to pitch all right i've got uh al mariachi band which is the same plot as the first film uh but it's an entire band (laughs) that get mistaken identity for an exact replica (laughs) group of of criminals that you know that's the joke i thought of um doing trying to like find out what the guitar player is in different languages and and associate that with like the instrument of that place or something like that but i i ran i didn't do it i just didn't do that but i thought of the scotsman and it's like bagpipes i thought that'd be fun (laughs) what about um los banditos what's that tell me well like like bandits but a band as well Uh, oh yes that's great (laughs) <laughs> okay my um uh one is called dos mariachi mm. um and so it's um they should have called that the second one dos mariachi <laughs> and then tres mariachi <laughs> so it would be set yeah it's set now antonio banderas is still like a, a hitman for hire slash mariachi on the side um until one day um he gets a, a surprising visitor it's um carlos gallardo playing el mariachi himself he's just been released from prison and he oh. hears that someone has stolen his backstory <laughs> this is so good and yeah like so it's, it's essentially it's you know it, it wasn't actually recast it's that mm. um it's canonizing uh, the recast canonizing the recasting that um antonio banderas's al Bariachi has stolen his identity mm. i love it and and yeah it would be like a, a battle to take them down but yeah that, that he's been in pri- he was imprisoned for a crime he didn't commit um for wow. th- close to 30 years and then at the end during the battle between the two mariachis fucking shark boy and lava girl (laughs) like the the, the shootout at the end is actually like um it's like a dueling banjos kind of thing Mm. but then edward norton from elita battle angel swoops on down and he's part of it as well (laughs) 
there is one one other like brief continue the franchise as well the, um there's uh, in 2019 robert rodriguez made a film called red 11 which is a horror film about co- uh, college kids becoming lab rats to make quick money um which is how he funded El ah, um, nice. and so it's, it's based it's essentially it's like based on a rebel without a crew um mm, his book and so cool. one of the one of the students is trying to raise seven thousand dollars which is the budget of El mariachi and it's actually also the budget of red 11 he made the film for seven thousand dollars and the <laughs> tagline for it is like a new seven thousand dollar film from robert rodriguez um it also stars nice. carlos Calado. oh nice but yeah it's it's this um he's got such an interesting filmography that he's like yeah i'm just gonna make a seven thousand dollar film again he also made a film called uh 100 years which isn't going to be shown for 100 years stars john malkovich a- apparently it's a short film it's an ad for a whiskey um and they shot the short film and it's like being locked away for 100 years wow all right and now it's time to rank debt franchise Awesome. So over on our Letterboxd account, we have a list of all the franchises we've ever watched uh, organized by um, the, the first movie in each franchise. Um, and recent, just this week, actually, for those who aren't on the Discord or, or didn't hear about it, um, we added another little caveat to the film franchise for, for Night's ranking, which is we add a little gold star next to any franchise which we believe does not have any unanimously agreed upon weak link it doesn't mean all the gold stars are at the top it just means that say kung fu panda it feels like no one has has like there's no general consensus of which kung fu panda is the best or worst film it's it's essentially a mark of consistency which franchises often struggle to achieve yeah so I don't think Al Mariachi is going to qualify for a star, <laughs> but I just thought people might want to check that out if you if you're looking at our rankings yeah. now. You have to go read notes at the top of it. Um, but yeah. all right, edit or delete this list. Delete, delete it. Delete it. <laughs> Free me from this curse. <laughs> Al, I'm adding Al Mariachi to the list. Um, if you type in Al Mariachi, it, it um, suggests uh, Desperado once upon a time before no i want to add the original <laughs> all right so where is this going this is going to be top half yep yeah above the nymphomaniac constant i reckon yep um throw out throw a number at me throw a movie at me a, a franchise at um me okay around. well how, how does it compare to um the fistful of dollars i think fistful of dollars is better um oh do i but fistful of dollars is pretty bad the actual fistful of dollars the first one that it's well, like, it's not bad, it's just we didn't like understand in, it. These are like in reverse order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in that, that I didn't understand once upon a time in Mexico, but I loved El Mariachi, just like how I love yeah. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, but didn't love Fistful of Dollars. Okay, I, I would say, okay, above Fistful of Dollars then. What's next? Okay, What's uh, above Halloween. That? Yeah, it's probably better than Halloween. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. We've got those three together. Well, we have to leapfrog all of those then because I don't want to split them up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ocean's Eleven. Yes, I think so. Uh, Ghostbusters. No. There it is. I think that's it. There you go. Sweet. I love it. Um, and what's next, Richard? What are we doing now? We're... Uh, well, now we're heading over to patreon.com. Um, we're, um, Slash cult pop shit. Where uh, if you become a patron, you can comment uh, every second franchise uh, we do. We put it up to you guys to decide. Um, and you comment and then you like the ones that you want to see us cover and for a little as a dollar a month as well yeah before you tell us what has won though richard i would just like to say that if you enjoyed listening
listening to this, if this maybe you were looking for a podcast about El Mariachi and you found this one and you're like, hey, these Kiwi guys are kind of cool. I kind of like their their dry wit, their, that famous Kiwi wit, then why not consider supporting the podcast? You can support us monetarily over on Patreon or you can just like all our social media pages. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have two YouTube channels, one for video essays, one for the podcast where you probably maybe are even listening to this episode so those are cult popture and cult popture again um and we've also got a discord where you should come and check out and talk to us talk to the rest of our fan base um and yeah that's there's a link to that in the show notes uh but beyond that richard what is the winning franchise from this month's Alrighty, Fuck. so this has been um, like we the the, the numbers uh, like I remember the first time you know it was like wow ten votes on one and now you know like it's um, we're getting like regularly getting quite a few ones competing, um, mm. so it's been an incredibly tight race um, this month between Tremors, the Cornetto trilogy, Grutz Cornetto trilogy, and uh, Rocky slash Creed. Um, mm. so close that it's currently a three-way tie between those three, which is what distracted me earlier. <laughs> wow. So at time of recording, that is a three-way tie between those three films. It wasn't when we started recording, um, and <laughs> um, but now it is. So do, do we create a little franchise roulette out of these I three? I think we have to, yeah. So um, what do we do? Just a random number generator. Yeah, um, one to three. One to three. And we assign we assign on pod what each number is. All right. So what? Tremors is one. Cornetto's two, and Rocky's three. All right. I'm I'm going to take a screenshot of this with like a time on it as well, so that people can like, so that if people are like, blah, blah, I can prove that it was taken, you know, at this time. Okay. And we'll post that in the Discord. Yeah. So I'm going to save that snip, and it's. Okay, well, fuck, what's the, what's the time? Normally it does it, it gives it a screenshot of time. So 12.57 on um, the 14th of the 8th. 14, oh wait. All right. Save that on in my pictures folder. Okay. All right, so, so one Tremors, two Cornetto, three Rocky. Yeah, all right. Three. What does that mean? That's Rocky. That's Rocky. You've been wow! What a <laughs> what a what a triumphant tale for Rocky, a yeah, franchise you've been decision. wanting to. Yeah, yeah, that's so <laughs> awesome. Um, have, you're ex- you're excited? Do you want to run the episode, or do you want me to scramble? Uh, we'll talk and- about it off pod, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, there is uh, eight films, and and you want to you want to do them in one episode? Uh, I mean, we yeah, I think we may as well. Like, we'll see. Could, could do back to back Rocky a Rocky yeah, episode yeah. and a Creed episode. Yeah, it saves us having to do an off week for one. It does. It does save us having <laughs> to do an off week, Richard. Um, cool. Okay. Well, let's let's think about that. Let's we'll, we'll let people know. Um, we should post that in the Discord now, but not tell anyone anything. Tell tell them what we decided to do. So it's still somewhat of a mystery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those checking the Discord, those checking the Patreon. Uh, but thank you so much for listening, everybody, and stay tuned for after this music finishes, you're going to hear oh, something yeah. called the post credit scene. So stay tuned for that. And um, uh, what's what's Spanish for goodbye? God, I, why don't I know this? Adios. 
Yeah. <laughs> Adios! <laughs> Alright, welcome along everybody to the post credit scene. This is a scene at the end of each episode where if you donate a dollar or more, no, five dollars or more, stingy bastards, um, over at <laughs> patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. Richard, who gave us the post credit scene for this episode and what is it? Uh, Alright, today's one uh, comes to us from Craig Major, um, who says, if you could unwatch Major something- pain in my ass. I'm just kidding, Craig. <laughs> um... Uh, if you could unwatch something just to experience it for the first time again, what would it be? Mm. This is this is one of those classic questions that, like, um, yeah, I I feel like we get asked. It's like it, it, there's there's a few that's like if you could erase my memory of it um, completely, um, because 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 there are, there are quite a few films that I knew twists before going into it that it's like oh, it would have been so cool if I had no prior knowledge of that. Um, do you like fucking Empire Strikes Back with that? I wonder what that would feel like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But you, like, <laughs> you still have knowledge of every of all the other Star Wars films. <laughs> you still remember the prequels, but you watch Empire Strikes Back. You're like, what? <laughs> um, I would say like maybe something like um, two shows. I really, I'm pivoting this into a different question almost. But two, the two TV shows that I've enjoyed the most in the past five years. Uh, would be The Good Place and American Vandal. Mm. And those are two shows that I think would be very rewarding to watch for the first time again, which is why I showed my flatmates American Vandal end of last year, and we all really enjoyed it. And it was great to revisit it and and watch it again and and just be uh, so amazed by the, like, storytelling that doesn't need to be that good being Mm. that good in that show. Um, so that'd be cool. I need I need to force them to watch the good place with me so that I can rewatch that. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- there's um, uh, what well, one that for, for some reason immediately sprung to mind was um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That like Caesar's oh, yeah. no, I I don't mm. remember that hitting me as hard as I think it should. Um, but for but I remember Caesar is home at the end, like really being like fuck. Right, and so I would nice. love to go back and and watch, like especially to have seen that in the cinema. Like I feel like that would have been such a great moment. Mm. Um, yeah. So the, the, I don't know. There's your answer. Yeah, also, cool. like um, Memento and The Prestige are like two two movies I really love. That you mm. know, I, I I best as a fir- best done as a first time watch. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 